Okay, welcome everybody to the Breakthrough Podcast. And today I've got Tony Maroney with me and I'm absolutely delighted because, you know, you just give a busy person things to do and they'll get it done. Tony's one of those people where I don't quite know where he finds the time, but he always finds the time. That'll be a question for later, Tony. So how did I meet Tony? Well, we both teach at the IMI. And so we were working on a program together, caught up for a coffee and decided it would be a great idea to have Tony as a guest. And um, why did I ask him here? I think I'm incredibly impressed by Tony's understanding of business and of technology and of helping people understand the transformations and the behavior changes that are required and the culture changes that are required. And I thought it was something, Tony, that everybody needed to know. So first of all, welcome, and then I'll introduce you, Tony. Well, thank you, Marianne. Delighted to be here with you. So... I, I, as I said to him, he's got seven pages of LinkedIn, so please go and have a little look at it. <laughs> um, but I do want to tell people, he said, oh, just tell people I'm a consultant and I'm an executive educator. And this is true. You are those things. But also just to give you the highlight, he's also a Thinkers360 top 10 digital disruption person, program director for digital leadership at the IMI, the co-founder of the Digital Transformation Lab, and an advisor strategy, digital transformation, metaverse, right? Financial services and fintech. And, you know, in Thinkers360, you've been a top 10 thought leader for so many things and a top 20 thought leader, a top 30 thought leader. So, look, I think there's a lot for us to, to understand from you, Tony. And I know you're somebody who's humble and joyful and it's wonderful to spend time with you. Um, but what I think... Tony, for me, the breakthrough I want to talk through is how do we help, first of all, individuals, anyone on LinkedIn. You know, I looked at what's posted every day. AI is going to take your job. You have to do this in the metaverse. And nobody in HR even understands what it looks like, but they've got to suddenly do everything in the metaverse, training in the metaverse, onboarding the metaverse. And suddenly digital transformation has been accelerated by COVID-19. So I think people are terrified, Tony. What, what, how can you help them make sense of all this technology and how they should lean into it to thrive? Well, look, um, great question. The, the first thing I'd say is the first thing to remember is the technology is just a tool. And, you know, the technology doesn't do anything. The technology is a means to an end. So if you think about anything you're trying to do in your life, whether you want to be creative, whether you want to in work, you want to build something, do something, you need to just think about, well, how can the technology help me do that? But we don't do things because of technology. Unless we're curious, of course, you know, something like ChatGTP, obviously loads of people went in and tested it out and had a walk around and sort of see what it could do. And we saw the same there last week with uh, Meta and Threads, not in this part of the world because uh, they're not uh, they're not in the European Union. But, um, you know, if, if, if it's something that, you know, catches your eye, go in and have a look at it. You know, just test it and see what it is. Because the way I, I look at this is that, look, if you take something like TikTok, um, now, most people of our generation don't use TikTok. Um, and the, the, the problem with that is not that they don't use TikTok. The problem is that they have no appreciation for all the people who do use TikTok and the type of experience that they're going to expect or the type of things that they will want to do. And if you don't understand how they're using it, it doesn't mean you have to use it, but if you don't have any idea in terms of what is happening, it's very hard to be practical in terms of, well, what does this mean for me personally? And what does this mean for me professionally or in work or anywhere else? Now, look, I, I see all the headlines too in terms of, you know, technology is going to take away my job. We've had those headlines for the last 50 years. 
Uh, and look, undoubtedly, what happens over time is that technology does displace certain tasks. So things that were you know mundane and boring to do, they become you know automated, and we don't need to do them anymore. However, what technology also does is it allows us to actually create even more value by doing things that are more interesting and are more human-based than technology-based. Because the technology, you know, it's a machine. It, it, it will do A to B or A to C, whatever it is programmed to do. Some of the latest technologies kind of, okay, it, it will interpret A, B, and C and say, well, obviously the next thing must be D. But that still doesn't bring you into the domain of humans, where we bring a lot to the equation in terms of creativity, in terms of empathy, in terms of understanding. Because it's not just about, you know, the data. It's about the context. Uh, and I would say that, look, what we should do is embrace technology. But remember, it's just a tool that can augment us, not displace us. Uh, and if we, don't, if we don't play with it and don't understand it, it's very easy to see why we would be concerned that it might displace us. But the, the amazing thing about you know, ChatGTP is not ChatGTP itself. The amazing thing is that you know, there's 5.3 billion internet users in the world, and every one of them can try out ChatGTP if they want. So I would say if, if you're on the internet, try it. Yeah. So how do, how do people even start? Because I find, Tony, that a lot of people don't even read they just see this and they're scared and they won't, they won't engage with it. So I find, like, I speak to younger people about it. You know, I ask my daughter to show me how TikTok works and all these things. I play with ChatGPT, but I also read, you know, I read. I listen to podcasts. I read about it. I feel like people don't even want to know. They see these words TikTok, AI, and they almost walk the other way. How do they stay on top of it? And what are kind of the key things they need to know about in your mind? So I, I think there's I think there's an issue when anything to do with the word digital, right? um, it immediately puts people outside of their comfort zone. Now, look, you and I are not digital natives. You know, mm -hmm. your children are, my children are. So they've grown up in a world where you know the, the the iPhone or the smartphone was in their hand from day one. So they're very comfortable with technology. They don't even think about it as technology. In fact, I wonder sometimes why they call it a smartphone because they don't phone anyone, but they use it to run their lives, right? <laughs> so, so I, I think what we need to do is, you know, park this world digital or park this world technology and just start thinking about what does that actually mean? You know, what does it what does it enable me to do? Because if we think about what it means for us in our personal life or our business life or in things we might want to do, that's a totally different equation than thinking about, oh, it's a technology I need to learn about. Right. Forget about the technology. It's what are we trying to do and how could the technology help us? That's the starting point. So if we get this idea out of our head that, well, it's technology there for its complex. I don't, I didn't study technology. I'm not a technologist. Forget about it. You know, most people aren't, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we can get the technology, but what we, what we really need to focus on is, as you say, open our minds to it. Hmm. What can it enable us to do? Right? Not what is the technology, because the technology is the technology. It's... Yeah. How does, this, how does it transform us personally and how does it transform the world around us? But we need to be intentional, don't we? We can't we just do. sit there and wait for things to happen and then decide, well, well, if other people decide to do it, I might eventually decide to do it. You know, we've yeah. got to be intentional about it, don't we? Well, you see, if you look at all the great breakthroughs, and I would have a view, Marianne, that look, no one technology really ever makes the breakthrough. What happens is a number of them come together over time. 
So mm. someone says, well, actually, we, we've done this. And someone else comes around and says, well, that's interesting. But if I added this in and someone mm. else says, well, actually, there's another thing over here. If we put that with it. And over time, a confluence of technologies comes together. And suddenly you have a breakthrough. So I, I think it's, it's around you know, having an open mind where you're, 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 yeah, you're right. Listen to podcasts. Read on this. There, mm. There's millions and millions of you know, email alerts you can get in terms of if you have a particular interest. You can be the most informed person in the world if you so wish. So yeah. it doesn't mean you have to read 200-page reports. It yeah. doesn't mean you have to read dense academic reports. You can get bite-sized information mm. sources. Actually, let me tell you what that means for, for you personally or for your business or how it might be applied or what, what use benefit might come from it. But the most important thing is to think about, well, what is it that we're trying to do? Mm. Because we don't do things because of technology. Yes, you have the uh, you know the so-called early adopters who want to try out every new technology, but you know, most of us we're, we we get a piece of technology or a tool or whatever it might be because we're trying to do something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think about it. I I don't know about you. I wasn't terribly comfortable with mobile phones and email and internet at the start when I started working. Those things did not exist. We didn't oh. email. No. Hey. Marianne, in in my in 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 the first company I was with, they didn't have email at all. Uh, and the second group I worked for, uh, one part of the group had Lotus Notes and the other had Vax. Now, mm -hmm. uh, Carrier Pigeon would have been faster than Vax, right? Exactly. So, so we 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 grew up in a world where these are these things did not exist. The mobile phone, you know, the smartphone came along in two thousand and seven. So yeah. you know, this is this is new. And I think actually, you know, when we think about it from a business perspective. One of the big challenges is that you, your board and your executive were all born pre the internet and all born pre the smartphone. Right? Mm. So, so these mm. these are these are uh, these are things that didn't exist. And I remember describing to my young youngest guy once about you know well we only had three channels and we didn't have the internet and we didn't have smartphones we didn't have mm. this that other. And his response is well how, how did you survive? Right? Exactly. So. so Young people just take all this for granted. For the mm. rest of us, you know, we need to invest in ourselves to understand it because no one else is going to do it for us. We need to do it ourselves. But there was a point when, even though I was uncomfortable with email and uncomfortable with the phone, at some point it just became the way I did things. So it would be the same for everything else, I'd imagine. But Tony, talk to me about executives and boards. What do we do? What do we do to help executives and boards? Because I often feel like they're blocking a lot of the the fast evolving of the behaviors, the mindsets, and this human. And, and then also sometimes still people, and I don't want to say it's the CFO, but still people see it as a, oh, we can save some costs by automating this or something, instead of saying, wow, what can we do with this beautiful human uh, attributes we have now to enlarge our roles and our impact? What do we say to them? So look, I, I, think, I think the first thing that we need to be honest about is that the vast majority of digital transformations fail. Mm, they do, uh, don't they? Uh, yeah, and that's a huge indictment on you know boards and executives that you know we're spending all this money on transformation, um, but when it comes down to a few things, you sort of say, well, did they actually set out to transform in the first place? Because uh, I don't believe in most instances they have, and I think what happens is back to what we we're saying there is, you know, they focus on this word digital, so now it becomes about what are we going to do. So, yeah, we need one of those or we need a CRM system or we need, you know, we need the metaverse, whatever. But what they really should focus on is, you know, why do we need to transform? And to me, you know, we transform because we want to be relevant and competitive in the future, not because we want to try some new technology. Right? They then need to focus on then how do we transform? 
All right, because you know, if, if this is where we are today and this is where we need to be tomorrow, you know, how do we get there? Right. Mm -hmm. And if we can answer that question, right, the what looks after itself. But if we just rush straight from, well, yeah, let's deploy some technology. Right? But the first thing that's going to happen is, you know, the organization will reject the technology in a lot of cases because they'll sort of say, well, here, here, is, here is the leadership. They're imposing some technology on us. It makes us uh, feel vulnerable, right? They haven't got our views on this. And look, let, let's, let's, let's throw in something else here. When employees hear executives talking about digital transformation, the first thing going through their head, back to your earlier point, is, oh, this is management talking shorthand for job mm -hmm. redundancies, right-sizing, you know, replacing me with robots, etc. Now, if you haven't been able to explain why you need to transform, and that is, you know, we need to transform because we want, we, want, we want to be competitive, we want to be relevant, you know, our customers are expecting the following things today, tomorrow, into the future – and if we can't do that, we won't have a business. But we can do it, and here's how we can do it. If people can buy into that. Now suddenly they can sort of say, actually, this organization has a future, and I have a future if I so wish, because this organization is going somewhere, and they're prepared to invest in me as well in giving me the skills to operate in this world. Because clearly what we're doing today, and look, if, if, you, if you go back to uh, your, your children, you ask them, if you bring them into any organization and say, you know, how digital is this organization? They'd probably be smiling and sort of saying, well, it's not really, right? Uh -uh. So, so, you know, we're very disconnected at times in terms of, you know, what the expectation of our customers today, tomorrow, and into the future, and indeed our employees, what mm. they expect. Because, like, if, if you're a digital native and you join an organization that's pretty antiquated, and, you know, they're talking about doing things that you're kind of saying, well, this is very 1980s. I read about this in my studies, right? you know, but that's not where the world is. So I think we need to break this cycle and sort of find ways where executives and young people in organizations can start working together to figure out, well, OK, what is it we need to do? How, how would we get there? Right? Mm. Forget about the technology, because, you know, in, in how we get there, we will address questions that lead us to technology. But if we start with technology... Now what we have is a range of digital initiatives going on. Look, I go into organizations, uh, you, you love this, Marianne, and I say, uh, so who's responsible for digital transformation? And they say, I oh, that's gonna ask exactly that. <laughs> and I say, oh, great. So does, does Marianne have the, the budget and mandate to change the organization? Mm. And they say, no, but she's working on all these projects. And I say, yeah. oh, so she's not responsible for digital transformation then. Mm. Right? Mm. So to me, you know, the top leadership must own digital transformation in terms of conceptually, what are we yeah. trying to do? But then they need to empower the organization because they're not the digital natives. They need to empower the younger people in the organization and make sure at the same time, they're not losing that layer of middle management who are caught. They're seeing executives talking about stuff. They're seeing digital natives who are intuitively doing stuff and they're stuck in that middle piece and they're sort of saying, well, I don't know anything about this. Well, mm -hmm. let's make sure they know about mm -hmm. it and let's make sure they're comfortable with it. And let's make sure that we're educating them in terms of how the technology might make them better at doing their work or actually give them more interesting work, even better. Mm. Because one of the things we know is that people feel very different about work and they want meaningful work. And young people are looking at our organizations and going, oh, is this what you really do in there every day? Yeah. This is yeah. not interesting. I'm not learning and growing. Um, this doesn't feel, nobody listens to my views. So why would I stay in any of these places? I actually find a very low level of interest in organizations as such from young people, Tony, even wanting to go and do corporate type of work from young yeah. people because of what they see. They just don't find this really appealing. 
Yeah, and I, I, I don't think COVID has helped, and I'll tell you why. Because um, COVID, COVID, um, COVID helped on one level in terms of it showed organizations that if you really want to change, you can change. But that wasn't digital transformation. To my mind, you know, people are still doing the same work, but they're just doing it from a different location via technology that's sitting at their house as opposed to their desk. Right? The work has not changed. Right? So it's not digital transformation. Uh, all this you know, rubbish about you know, years of digital transformation in six months, nine months. No, maybe years of digital technology sales, but not digital transformation. But I think, and Ireland's at the forefront in terms of the amount of people working remotely. Um, I think one of the issues that possibly has happened, though, is it's become a bit more transactional. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's, you know, well, I gave you a task and, you know, is the task done? Uh, and I think what we need to do is we need to make sure that, you know, you want people on a journey with you. And this is where leadership is so important. They need to have this vision for the organization that people find exciting. That people mm -hmm. say, yes, I want to be part of that. I can see where this organization is going. It's fantastic. Uh, and I can see how I'm going to be part of it because I'm going to be trained in this. I'm going to be given this education. I'm going to be given these skills, et cetera. If you don't have that, you, know, you run this risk that you know, the organization is busy automating, as you say. Right? And you know, the people who could really help you in the future, they're kind of getting disenfranchised because they're sort of saying, well, you know, I don't really have anything to do here, or it's not exciting, or it's boring, or in fact, I don't know anyone. Mm, mm, <laughs> I'm not part of the fabric of the organization. Mm. And your know, organizations, to my mind, work because you know, you got a, a, a culture that people buy into and want to succeed together, right? mm, not mm. because they got loads of tasks that need to be done. Because if it's just loads of tasks that need to be done, well, we have the gig economy, or we have other options. But if we want people to be part of an organization that's going to be differentiated out into the future, you know, that requires a culture and that requires, you know, vision. So, you know, if you haven't got a vision and you haven't got a mindset for digital, you're never going to have a culture for digital because if the mindset doesn't change, well, the work won't change and therefore the culture won't change. Yeah. You really need to join this up and sort of say, look, we're clear on what this organization needs to look like in three, five, seven years time. Because, you know, digital transformation is not a, a flick of the switch. It takes a long time. And the problem, one of the big problems is, as organizations get bigger, they become more siloed. And the reason they become more siloed is because, well, we need to have experts in this and experts in this and experts in the other. But the problem then is, you know, those silos then become, you know, entities onto their own right. And the communication breaks down and we start to forget about the customer. Mm -hmm. right? And now we're very focused on our piece of the jigsaw, but we're not focused on the jigsaw. And really what digital transformation gives us an opportunity to sort of say is, well, well let's stand, from, stand back from that and look at the jigsaw. What, what are we trying to do for our customers? Right? And how do we organize around that? And how do we make it a great experience? Because the disruptors, they start with, let's understand what the customer is trying to do, not what the industry is doing today. Let's understand what the customer is trying to do. And then let's figure out how we build a great experience around that for those customers. And if you can't do that and someone else does, well, they're not going to be your customers for very long. Yeah. So we need to we need to um, we need to address that. But one of the other things that we also need to address is look, you know, as we build the hierarchies, you know, we get these power bases, and digital transformation can erode the power base yes. because you know I, I have this empire, and suddenly under digital transformation, well, that empire is not really the way we're going anymore. We're actually we're we're reconfiguring or we're doing something different. And you know, I worked in one organization where the phrase was, yeah, just because it's right doesn't mean it will be done. Um, mm. you have to make sure that the you know the leadership team are honest and open about 
how the organization needs to transform. And it's not about fiefdoms or patches or power or this, that, and the other. It's around how the collective are enabling and orchestrating the organization to bring about the change. Because you know, a lot of the skills are not in the executive because mm-hmm. you know the executive quite often are in the role because they have maybe 30 years industry experience. Well, that experience may not be relevant anymore. Actually, what we need to have is the experience of how do we engage and you know satisfy in a meaningful way our customers in this digital world. Well, maybe some of our younger people know that. Mm-hmm. So what we need to do is figure out, well, how can we tap into that and bring them into the equation where actually the executives are learning this, but actually these younger people are also learning about the business and the risks and the market and all those type of things. And to me, that's a win-win because everyone's learning. Everyone, everyone is in a better place and the organization is totally focused and you don't have these disconnects because you know, quite often, um, you know, when I worked in the UK many years back, you know, the, the uh, FCA had a phrase, you know, tone at the top, echo at the bottom and engagement in the middle. Uh, and, you know, the tone at the top is grand. But look, you know, I, I've been in organizations, you know, and you say to them, OK, well, you know, well, what are your values? And they don't know. Mm-hmm. Even around they the world. I know. <laughs> right. You know, uh, 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 and you go into the organization and no one's quite clear mm-hmm. around, well, Actually, you know, why do we exist? Why do we exist? So there's been a lot of stuff in the last couple of years in terms of focus on purpose, you know, in mm. terms of you know, what is the purpose of the organization? And to me, digital transformation starts with, you know, we're, we're very clear on why we exist. We're very clear on why we need to transform. We're going to focus on how we need to transform. And in time, we will deal with what we need to do. But we're not going mm. to start with what we need to do. Because if, if you, for example, uh, and I've looked at this, you know, worked with a Swedish firm who worked with John Cotter. And... What they found was that if you don't start at the vision, mission, values, right through organization in terms of culture, skills, mindset, all those type of things, if you start somewhere else down the line in terms of, well, we'll put in, you know, relationship systems or we'll put in, you know, uh, digital channels or this, that and the other, you know, they'll only go so far because they'll hit the real organization mm-hmm. and fall over. You haven't set out to transform. Because you mm-hmm. haven't set, you haven't a vision for the organization. You're not clear in terms of, you know, what the organization is going to look like or what type of people, skills and talents, et cetera, you need. All you're doing is implementing technology. And that's why it fails. Because yeah. you haven't set out to transform, you set out to implement technology. And you and I spoke about it. They put in the technology and then they throw it to change management of some sort who then does a really old style, let's have a communications plan with emails and a reskilling. But nobody's bought into it or co-created anything. So then the change resistance is high and then nothing sticks and then new leadership comes in, Tony, don't they? And then they start a new transformation program or a new project. So, so what happens is, right, so let, let, let's assume for a sec that, you know, the leadership are all on the one page. And I wouldn't necessarily assume that because, you know, you know mm, it doesn't no, always work that way. But let's assume rare. they are. <laughs> let's assume they are. Right? And they stand up and they, you know, organizations fall into the trap. Well, let's do the town hall meeting and that's it. Digital transformation is mm. done because we told everyone. That's it. Right? right? What happens is, you know, people leave that meeting and they've heard the big, the big statements around, you know, the market, the world, this, that, and the other. And then within a very short period of time, they start to think about, well, actually, what does that mean for me? And what mm. does that mean for my teammates? And what does that mean for my department? And what does that mean? So now they're looking at it through a totally different lens. They're no longer looking at this big strategic lens for the organization. They're getting into the, oh, this is real. And um, what does it mean for me? Right? And yeah. will I have a job? Will my teammates have a job? Will our department exist? 
Yeah. Is anybody so, going to so, hear that I'm scared? Will anybody care that I'm scared about this? Absolutely. So therefore, therefore, we need to rethink how we engage the whole organization because mm. if the whole organization isn't bought in, and, mm. and look, that's difficult. Of course, it's difficult to get the whole organization. But look, in my experience, you know, one third of the organization is sort of saying, well, why haven't we done this before? Exactly. You have one third saying, mm, I'm not so sure about this. And you have one third are saying, I wonder if this is for real. And if it is, they'll come on board. Because mm-hmm. we've all seen the, you know, you know, strategic initiative after initiative after mm-hmm. initiative, and, you know, six months of fanfare, and then we'll quietly park that one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get fatigue in organizations where you're sort of saying, well, here we go again. Here's, here's the latest, the latest mm-hmm. idea. Are from the go away. <laughs> I hear that quite often. <laughs> Another restructure. Yeah, that looks like the one we did five years ago. And the yeah, other exactly. one looks like the one we did 10 years ago. <laughs> Oh, yeah. man, you just stay long enough. Listen, I want to pull it together, and I want to ask you advice for boards. What must boards do differently in this new world? Well, I, I think boards, and I feel for boards, uh, and it's an area I have been looking at. I, I think I think for boards, you know, firstly, you know, your board is usually a diverse board, that's, so they don't necessarily have the industry experience or the business experience that's relevant to that particular business. So they're supposed to bring, you know, you know, a diverse set of views and experience to the table. Uh, and they're looking at, you know, they're not working in the business, but they're, they're looking at the business from, you know, let's say from the outside. And they're also looking at all this disruption that's going on around them, and they're picking up sound bites, and they're, you know, they're reading the reading Harvard books. Business Review, whatever it is. Oh, it's all about ChatGTP, and and they're they're struggling because they're struggling to make sense of it. Well, like you know, this is all really interesting, but what has the potential to seriously disrupt our business? And if we get it wrong, will put us out of business. Um, and for boards, the piece they're struggling with is, well, how do they get their arms around that? And how, how, do they, how do they get there? Because, you know, the board should be independent and the board should be able to sort of say, well, actually, yeah, all things being considered. Right? But invariably, I believe what's happening is, you know, the board are being presented with an internal view of what disruption means. Yeah, 100%. And that's not necessarily, you know, a bad thing, but it's not necessarily a good thing either. And I think what boards need to do is they need to sort of say, well, yeah, okay, we have our own ability to make sense of disruption. And we will engage with the executive to understand their sense of disruption. And as people not working in the business, we will challenge and bring more ideas to the table in terms of how we need to think about this, where we end up in a place where actually we have consensus around, well, actually, what does disruption mean for our business and how we need to transform? We have an understanding of, you know, the knowledge levels in the organization in terms of what we need to do in terms of getting to an organization that is very comfortable operating in this world. We have a view in terms of the resources and the resource gaps that are in the organization and how the executive should address those. Mm-hmm. If the board just operate on the traditional, well, we'll hold, we'll hold the executive to account basis, well, what do you hold them to account for? Mm-hmm. Because the board isn't the one that has decided what the strategy is. And to my, to my mind, look, the board, the board is responsible for, you know, strategic oversight and risk, you know, risk appetite. So the board has a role here. And, but if you take the point I made earlier in terms of 80% of transformations fail, well, put it this way. If, if, if we were being really provocative here 
-hmm. And someone went into the board and said, you know, we need to transform. And we've looked at the market and um, we believe we need to do the following things. And the board says, that sounds very plausible. What is your level of confidence in terms of success? Mm -hmm. And the executive turned around and said, about 20%. Mm. Then you'd say, no, let's not do that. <laughs> so, so, so there's mm. this disconnect that no one, mm. no one seems to be addressing. Why do we keep mm. repeating, mm. you know, the same mistakes of the past? And look, you know, you know, the technology is irrelevant because you know last year was Metaverse, this year yeah. is ChatGTP, next year it'll be something else. But the process of making sense of this is what the board needs to focus on. How do we make sense of the world that we are in, so that we have the best chance? of transforming and being successful, relevant and competitive in the future. And I'm gonna, again, pull it together. I think what I'm taking out of our conversation is um, at a board level, there's a, a need for a lot stronger sense-making abilities yeah. and quite yeah. a different board agenda and how boards spend their time and quite a different way of looking at their role because building sustainable businesses is what they're also there to do for the, the shareholders and yeah. all the stakeholders. Um, for executives, it's not about my individual role. It's about collaboratively working with my peers um, as a team. Um, it's also working successfully with the board and not trying to sell things to them, really engaging with the board in a proper debate about this and help make sense together, but also engaging the whole organization in this. And I think just that real danger of letting technology lead it and not the transformation um, and yeah. I think for, for individuals, Tony, it's really about don't be scared of this. You know, the world has always changed. We started with mobile phones, email, we're all doing it. We'll all get to use this. Is it changing faster? Yes, it is. But we also have a lot more access to information and learning, don't we, if we want to do, Tony, to help ourselves. We there. do. And look, I, I, think, I think one of the interesting things is, you, is if you look at organizations and you look at their structure and, and you know, I often tell uh, my students on the executive education side that, you know, in the second industrial revolution, we had heads of electricity. Right? Yeah. Now, unless you're a bit mining firm, I don't think you have a head of electricity yeah. today. Right? But yet, our organizations are full of head of digital, head of digital yeah. channels, head of digital products, head of digital sales, head yeah. of this, that, and the other. And you kind of say, well, surely we have customers, Mm. And some of those customers will want to deal with us in traditional ways, some in digital ways, some in hybrid ways, some in all sort of pieces pulled together. And and really the question for us is, what if we're if we're if we're really customer centric, mm. you know, why mm. have we created all these internal constructs mm. right, that actually create conflict and compete with each other for resources? Which would say actually, you know. Well, let's maybe have a head of customers and let's understand how those customers want to deal with us. Yeah. Right. yeah. Not yeah. well, we got a digital guys over here and we got the you know traditional guys over there and you know oh, Tony, I'll over because... there or branches or whatever they might be. Why don't we just say actually we, we got I'll customers and we need to deal with our customers in a way that they want that mm -hmm. makes the experience mm -hmm. good. Now let's organize around that. Exactly. I remember one of the, the wisest consultants I worked with, and I was very, very young, and he said to me, you know, the customers, it was a telco company, he said the customers don't really care whether you have a billing function or this function. They want to apply for a phone, get the phone, have it fixed, have the right bill, be able to pay it in an easy way. They do not care how you structure it inside. And I'll never forget that. It's just something that stuck with me for the rest of my life. 
Listen, I'm going to pull it together and ask you the lovely question we ask everybody, and that is that if you were stranded on a deserted island by yourself, what is the one thing you could not do without Tony? Um, one thing, well, you know, I, I am a voracious reader, so some sort of mechanism. I mean, there's so much to learn in the world, uh, mm. and you know, I, I some sort of some sort of mechanism where I could, um, you know read and understand and you know learn about things on an ongoing basis because look I, I i think our biggest challenge is you know we run the risk of all being on those desert islands yeah. and you know the only island we know is that island right? exactly. but there's a whole everything's going on around us and what we need to do is become more outward looking and you know i, I used to work with someone and, and his phrase was you know breakthroughs are made with questions so it, it's really around you know you know having that curious questioning mindset so I suppose, um, yeah, some some sort of mechanism. I suppose it couldn't be connected to the internet. That would be cheating. Be but so some sort of mechanism, power, wouldn't it? Yeah, some <laughs> sort of mechanism where actually, you know, yeah. you, you you could, you know, I mean, imagine if you had nothing else to do but you know, you know, inform yourself. Oh, <laughs> You'd be pretty be informed. Do you know what? I to- that totally resonates with me. I, I I had very much the same idea. Is that I would just want to sit there and learn and learn and learn, and I think. You're so right. For me, it's all about curiosity and growth mindset and learning agility in the future for whatever we face and and just asking questions. I think whenever, for me, the final thing is whenever we feel ourselves responding with fear, it's to lean into it and be curious and ask questions about it and try it out and not to walk away from it because that is what high performance and sustainability for me is all about. Whether you're a board member, whether you're middle management, with your young student coming in. Um, but Tony, look, that was fantastic. You know, you and I could talk for hours. We know we can. <laughs> we have. <laughs> I'll see you soon. And thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. Thank you, Maya.